it's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. And today I have a guest. Let me just give you a brief explanation as to how she wound up here. In November of last year, I recorded a podcast called The Other Woman. It's been one of the most popular podcasts I've recorded in the last couple of years. And it was a true story. And it was about me being in the middle doing something really stupid, but at the time you get so caught up that you don't even understand that what you're doing is wrong because you've been given permission by the married man to play this part in between he and his supposed wife that he's in the process of leaving. And so you really don't feel like it's your fault that the marriage that you're involved in that isn't yours is coming to an end. Well, after I recorded and posted that piece on iTunes, I received an email from a woman named Catherine, and the subject line of the email was from another other woman. And it's sort of like even right now when I say it out loud, the hair stands up on my body everywhere (laughs) because I thought, wow, what an ingenious title. And then when I started to read her long email saying that she went through almost the identical thing that I went through. There were many things I had said about things that he had said to me or the ways he touched me or the way he made me feel that she easily compared herself and her man to. And uh, I wrote her back and I asked her if she'd like to be on the air with me on the podcast so that we could talk about this, maybe help another woman along the way who might be stuck in the same rut that we allowed ourselves to fall into. But I have her here with me. And we're not here to compare dirty stories. And we're not here to slam the men we were with because everybody really is at fault. And nobody walked away a winner out of all of us. But Catherine, I'd love to have you share your story. Let's talk about first how many years you were married, what kind of marriage you were in, what made you step out, what you did prior to stepping out to try and fix These are the things I think that matter the most until we get to the nitty-gritty. Yes. So married for almost 14 years, and I knew pretty much early on that it was the wrong match, the wrong man, but I stayed in it, like many people do. And, And we all stay in when we say for the wrong reasons. Everybody has the right wrong reason. It might be for the kids. It It might be because of family, outside family. It might be from money. Right. And it's so funny how the reasons you leave the marriage or end the affair, all those reasons, you question them. But so I just, I think when I kind of lost the physical attraction to my ex-husband is when I just, just really completely checked out and made me more available to get involved with someone else. And I met this man, and he was in a, what he explained right away, a, a very loveless, unhappy marriage. You were able to see what he was going through because you were going through it too? Yes. I mean, there's always, yeah, those similarities. We were just both unhappy. We, didn't, we, we both had felt like we met the wrong people. He told me the night, the night before his wedding, he told his brother, you know, why he was marrying this woman. And I remember saying the same thing to my cousin and a couple of my friends. So, and I think we just, you know, you just do it anyway. Well, we do it because... At the time, I mean, I remember I loved my husband when I got, in fact, I was the one that was pushing to get married, and I was the party queen from the 80s that never wanted to get married. But but things happen within a marriage that sometimes we we can fix them, and I'm sure you must have tried. You know, losing, losing interest in someone because of the way they physically look can't be enough of a reason to have you leave. I mean... There are ways to fix physical imperfections. Yes, of course. And, and we tried therapy. And, you know, I always say to friends who are, you know, struggling with whether or not they should leave, is, you know, if there's something that you have and you share, whether it's your best friends or you have some similar interest or something. I mean, there's nothing between us. I wasn't attracted. We, we didn't see eye to eye in really anything. Also, we, we kind of felt the same way about relationships. And I, I think we both don't really understand marriage or really know why we got married, which is one of the reasons why your story did, like, touch me in a way, because you said a lot, you were so connected, and I feel like, you know, I believe there's, like, a thousand right people out there for us, but do we meet any of them? And this was someone that I could have made it with. 
and he always said the same thing to me. So it's like so tragic because we're not together. The marriage was coming to an end. You met somebody else that was sort of in the same situation as you, but feeling that way with his wife. Yes, he was feeling the same way, but he was not doing the same thing. He was not planning to get divorced. I was. He was not. He was seeking something else because he was so miserable, and he was just looking for something because he was alone in his marriage. In the beginning, it was also more of a physical thing. I, I didn't expect to really fall in love with this person. So neither one of you saw what was coming. It wasn't planned. It wasn't even a consideration in the beginning. You were both just looking for an outlet Exactly. An escape. We used to always say, it's, you know, you want to get into that bubble where you feel sexy and, and, and wanted. And also, you know, we begin this real friendship and we end up having a friendship because you confide this person in a way that you really don't with anyone else. And you're usually alone. You know, it's not like you're out to dinner or you're in parties. So it's so intimate. Yes. Because it's just the two of you. All you have is the two of each other. That's it. It's so myself around him. I really, like, I really let my guard. I was really... I was really genuine, and I still liked myself. Like, with everything I shared, all the short comments, anything, I still felt good about myself. Well, the thing is, you weren't feeling good about yourself while you were in a marriage that was holding you back. I mean, I'm yeah. speaking from personal experience. When I was with this man in this relationship, you know, with him supposedly leaving his wife, I felt like a million dollars anytime I was with him. I don't know if he brought out the good in me or he brought out my better side. I just think mm -hmm. I found that sexy, seductive person that had been dormant for a long time. Every time yeah. I would look at him, yeah. it would just come out. Yeah, I completely relate to that. And I'm not jumping ahead, but there was a part in the story where John was going to leave his wife. So it did change. Like, what are those little things that these men have that, that make our antennas shoot straight up that our husbands just didn't have? Now, if you get married and you have children, obviously time is very consumed by the kids and carpooling and all school activities and homework and you going to work and him going to work. So it leaves little time for romance in a first marriage most often. Okay, so it didn't work for you, and it didn't work for me. We tried. We went to counseling. We did whatever we could to try and save our marriages. But reading about you and talking with you, I understand that you are like me in a way where if you reach that point, whether you have someone or not, I'm not sure about you, but I am sure about me. If I reach that point, if somebody pushes that final button and I say the words, I'm done, I am out of there. Now, Absolutely. Were you like that without meeting the second person? Were you already at the I'm done stage? Yes, 100%. I mean, I filed in 2011. I was done then. I stayed because I absolutely 100% felt stuck. I was very scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. I stayed because I thought I really thought I had no choice. And he knew that, which is why it was always surprising that he still wanted to be married. But yes. as I now realize, you know, men, it's they don't like they change. They don't want to give up the house. And women, it's easier to just walk because they can build a house somewhere else. And he really did not want to be divorced. He was also kind of controlled. Like he kind of manipulated it so that I would stay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's always easier to, what's that saying? Dance with the devil you know? Something like that. <laughs> I screw up my sayings all the time. But it's better to be in the situation that you know what you've got rather than walk through an open door and not know what's in front of you. Right, and that was also different than my personality with my ex-husband. He likes the same thing. He's very traditional in that way. Mm -hmm. I took a vow. I went to the same house in Vermont for Christmas every year. I don't want to do the same thing twice. I think mm -hmm. it's also just that personality yes. mismatch. So you met this guy. You got involved with this guy. You knew he was married. He never said he was leaving his wife. You started to fall in love. He started to fall in love. You were already divorced or you were going through the procedures while you were still with him? When we met, I was still married and my ex-husband filed soon after, like about five months after I met him. Did he know you were seeing him? Did my ex-husband know? No. So the more you saw the new guy, did it escalate the divorce? My ex-husband 
knew I was checked out. He wasn't looking to find me doing anything. So, no. It also subconsciously allows you to have something to look forward to instead of the unknown. Exactly. Right. I remember when I got served with the papers thinking, I didn't tell John right away that I was going to divorce because I almost thought, what if he doesn't want to be with me anymore because now we're in two very different situations. Right. And I did, and I remember he actually got more into me, and I felt like because he admitted to me later that he was then afraid I was going to be like out in the world single and would he lose me. Uh-huh. Oh, was- boy, does that sound familiar. <laughs> right. Oh, my so, God. But meanwhile, it just made it all harder. So you thought if you tell him, he's going to run the other way because you're going to expect him to get divorced. And in the meantime, he is afraid that if you do get divorced, you're going to be open game for any other man that's out there. So he decides to leave his wife? No. He just, like, pulled me in closer, and and we just... Okay. I never asked him to leave. I never expected it. I just thought that, you know, when there's two people that are married that have an affair, it's like the same playing field, right? Yes, yes. When there's one person that's married and one that's single, it's not. And I was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to deal with that difference. Understood. Okay, so instead, he somehow drew you in tighter to the web, and you willingly went because you really only had the rest of the world to look at, but it's scary out there, (laughs) right? But you have security knowing that this man is there, and you were falling in love with him. Right. More so. Yeah. I wasn't ready to push him away. Got it. So he could have been like a little bridge for you. Yes, that would have been nice. (laughs) Yes, if you had let it play out that way. (laughs) Little stepping stone to get you to the other portal. Yes. But God forbid we do the right things by ourselves. But anyway, so he opens his arms wider. You take a bigger step in. You fall madly in love, even more so than before. And he, in turn, falls more in love with you. He even kind of was falling harder more quickly so it seemed and I believe that now after all this time looking back because you know I he hadn't really been in many relationships at all he married got married very young his early 20s you know I didn't get married till I was 31 and I had a lot of boyfriends and I mean he says to me I was really the only person he really fell in love with and ever felt his way about like the third or fourth time we had slept together he was getting dressed and he was going to leave and he he looked freaked out. And I said, is everything okay? He said, I just, I'm scared because I feel like this. Um, and I wasn't expecting it. And I thought it would just be fun. And we'd sleep together. But I've really like, I have these really strong feelings. And it's, it's scaring me. Yeah. And you know, there's, you hear that and it's like, so lovely. And oh my God, this guy really likes me. You can just picture if you're a five yeah. step ahead woman, like I am, I'm sure you are too. You can see what's going to happen five steps down the road. But in the meantime, you can't let go of it because it's the substance that you need that you've been missing forever. Yeah, and it's some of the things that you were saying in your podcast before I wrote to you, like it's like this chemistry that there's no way I was walking away. Yeah. No way. I yeah. couldn't. This is like six months into it. Just a look and a touch huh? can make or break the future. Yeah, I mean, it's like. I'm like feeling it at this moment talking about it. And I'm going to tell you the truth. When we decided to have a conversation, after I read everything that you wrote and you listened you know, to what I had to say on the podcast, even in my last podcast, I said, I am going to be talking with this woman. And I briefly described how we met each other. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't hook up. Because both of us are probably so afraid to feel all this crap all over again. And and it's like I talk to you and I'm feeling and I'm remembering the things that I'm just now starting to get over. I mean, it's so funny you're saying that because I have, I have two friends that are going through very similar things. And I have to be there for them because they were, have really been there for me. And I sometimes I have to mute it. I can't listen sometimes. Yes. Because it's so painful. But... And you can't yeah. tell them what to do because that you know they're going to have to go through it themselves and find their own escape. Exactly. I, I know. It's hard because I, I do know what they should do, but there's no way. And I also know they'll never listen. Right. You have to do it yourself. And it's, it's awful. So let's move ahead as to what happened next. For the next two years, 
we were just closer and closer and totally falling in love. I mean, a real relationship within the boundaries of an affair. But we went away together sometimes. But he was a very, it was very hard for him. He was scrutinized and... His wife had no idea? No. I mean, I think that, you know, she would say things, like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? I think, you know, they tell you certain things, right? Selective information. And who really knows? I don't really know what's going on in that house. I never did. I think she had an idea. It sounded just like a really abusive relationship where he was being abused, where he was being insulted and, like, <laughs> just really stepped on for so long. I mean, I heard some of the things over the phone and, and I read stuff. He would just say, I just, I just hate her. I just, she's miserable. And, but then you always think, okay, well, here I am making your marriage better because you get to come to my house two, three days a week. We're so connected and in love and have amazing sex. And then you can like deal fortifying you to go home and have dinner. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the man that I was seeing would travel and he would build travel time onto both ends of the trip. So he would wind up staying with me for four nights a week, right? And then he would come by yeah. on Saturday and and hang out for a few hours. So his wife would have him for two full days, and I would have him for five. So it, it really is like having a real relationship with boundaries. But there's no boundaries that you can put on your heart. That's the right. problem on both sides. And at one point, right. I, I remember turning to him and saying, how are you doing this? Like, this has got to be really hard on these guys. I mean, on one hand, I agree with you. We are helping them to make their marriages better because we take the pressure off of the wife. She doesn't mm -hmm. have to put out because they obviously don't have a good sex life. We're taking care of that end. We are the ones that they like to talk to. We're the ones yeah. they like to rub on and touch, you know, and kiss oh, yeah. and say, I've never ever in my life had anything like you before. I've never had a mm -hmm. woman I can talk to. And then they get to go home for two days and suffer. The poor things have right. to go home and suffer. <laughs> but we exactly. wind up being weekend widows unless yeah. still married and we have to fake it through a whole weekend, which is what they're doing. But I remember at one point he said to me, you're right. It is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm playing mm -hmm. two different roles. Right. And, and and also, like, I don't want to be with anybody all the time. I really don't. And maybe why my marriage didn't work out. But I remember enjoying the in-between so that you look gorgeous every time you see this guy and everything's all beautiful. But that, for me, like, was something I loved about it. I mean... Even the the ritual almost of putting on makeup and doing my hair and like just putting the right music on every time I saw this man, even for three years. Yes, that was fun. I loved that. I loved that hour of like getting ready. I mean, that, that's do that when you're married for five years. It's having something to look forward to. There's nothing better. It took over that. It really becomes so consuming, and that's when I think it starts to like it's the not so great side of it. You mean? You got tired of having to get ready and looking forward to and doing all the rituals? No, it just became all I really wanted to do. And okay. I thought about it so much. And then, and then here I am, you know, in the middle of a divorce. So I'm free. I'm separated. And I'm free to actually meet a man that's available. And, you know, I did go on date. I just wanted this guy. And then it was worrisome because he's married and I can't stay in it. You know, and then yes. you go, I think you talked about that too, the back and forth where you're like, why am I here? Yes. Because we're smart so. women doing a really stupid thing. We're leading with our hearts, not our minds. Yeah. You got to the point where you might be living in the same house still, but you're really divorced. Right. And he I mean, is still very yeah. married. And how did you cross that little pathway that says, you know, dude, you're married and I know you're not going anywhere, but I've got to do something with my life. How could you go on dates when you're so in love with this man? That's what I tried to do. Well, but they weren't successful because, like I said, I'm a smart woman and I knew I needed to do that. I knew I just had to... It, it was survival. Um, it's survival of the fittest. I did the same thing. And, and because I said to him, I cannot sit here on the weekends. I just can't. It's not healthy. And so you join a dating site, you go out, you meet people. But firstly, it's not fair to you because you really don't want anyone other than him. Secondly, it's not fair to the new guys because right. they think they have a shot. And, and really, <laughs> they have no shot at all because all you're doing is comparing everybody to that guy. 
Right, and then I started to feel, you know, I would go on a date and enjoy it. Maybe I, like, would kiss someone goodnight, and then I would feel bad, like I was cheating yes. on, on my married boyfriend, right. which was just troublesome. And, and so, he would get jealous, but he knew he couldn't. So, you know, all those emotions, I guess, come along with it. And did you ever tell the guys that you were dating that this situation was going on? I mean, well, there was a couple dates, I guess, I went on where we really started talking. And I think I revealed that I was involved with someone married, but I never... No one knew that it was happening at that moment because, yeah, who would want to go on that date with me again? Right. That just pulls you into another, you're lying to someone else, which I always, you know, struggle with all of the deceit that goes along with it. But, again, you're that in love, I didn't really even, it was fine. I Just as long as I could be with him. And Yeah. The only difference that I can see here is, you know, I moved here. I was separated, but not living with my husband. Had not divorced. But we were separated for seven years, and I moved here to Dallas. I met this guy who said he was miserable at home, and he was thinking about leaving. So I wound up with him for years, on and off. And Mm -hmm. uh, finally, I said to him, I just can't. I've got to meet somebody else. I've got to because I can't do this weekend shit anymore, and I can't sit here and stew over what's going on in your house because it's not my right to do so. And I met someone who I really shouldn't have met, but the man made my life a lot easier in some ways. Mm -hmm. And the guy, the married guy that I'd been seeing, was actually happy that I found somebody because it took some of the pressure off of him. Right. Right. I mean, but but meanwhile, I'm with this new person that I really, I mean, I liked him. He was a smart guy, but there was no romantic interest on my part. And I told him, I told the guy, I am not in love with you. There is nothing you could do. You could buy me five houses, give me (laughs) as much money as you'd like. I will never be in love with you because I was still stuck on the other one and just waiting. I don't even know what I was waiting for because he really at that point dried up and never said he was leaving again. But then I broke up with the new guy, still very much in love with my married man as you were, and he finally left his wife. He moved in with me, and he filed for divorce, and I finally got everything I wanted. He stayed with me for six months, I guess it was, five months, something like that, but his family beat the shit out of him emotionally, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and that's what happens because they're already battling what's in their own heads knowing that they're doing the wrong thing by stringing us along and telling us they love us, even though it's true. I'm not, I've never doubted him for a minute, as I'm sure you'd never doubted John. You know, you know the real thing when you feel it and see it. You Mm -hmm. know it. It doesn't make it right, though. We justified it so high up in the sky, but it's just not right. They were never ours for the taking. Right. It's, it's easier to yeah to see that and say that now. You were smarter and stronger. So I was not smarter and stronger. I fell well, apart. Well, because I didn't decide to leave. We got caught. You got caught by his wife? Yes. It was moving on. Like I said, we were getting closer. He really wanted to help me make money. Basically, I was wor- and I started working for him, <laughs> which oh. was really stupid but i think we both knew it was going to hold us in i mean he even would say to me now i know you can't go anywhere so we were even more locked in right we also were able to speak a lot more and and i was able to go on these trips whatever work trips so we would communicate on a skype text because we never texted it was always like an email private email never texted never really spoke on the phone that much until we worked together and we were actually having a conversation over skype text about how I couldn't live without each other and how he wanted to be more involved in my life and be some of my friends, even though he he was staying married and I knew he was staying married. And I feel like now I was basically agreeing to just like be his mistress, right? Like I was saying, I want to be with you. I can't give you up. Same, I'm getting divorced, but you're married. So this is like an intense conversation to have. And I knew that she was home. And I said to him, maybe we should have this conversation when you're alone at the house. He said, no, I really want to have it now. Mm. And about five minutes later, I get, don't type anything else. And then I get a phone call from a mutual friend that she says, someone just called me and asked me how I know you. And when I asked her why, she said, well, because she's been having an affair with my husband for the last year. 
So she's already reaching out, and you, know, oh, you don't boy. realize when it happens how bad it's going to get and how bad it is. You just think, oh, what a pain. Like, no one can prepare you for what comes after this. Secretly, though, you want them to get caught. I used to dream about it. I yeah. used to be like, what would happen if he gets caught? Because now there's a yeah. Right. That's also how I found your podcast, because I was trying sort of to understand where she was, where he was, and I was listening and reading everything I could about affairs and other women. He then texted me a couple hours later and said, she came around, saw my computer, the text popped up. I closed the computer because I didn't want her to, to see what we were saying to each other, and I told her that I had been seeing you for a year, and it meant nothing. Hmm. Now I know this is how it's going to go down. This guy's going to scramble to do whatever he can. But I was hurt, but not, like, hopeless about the situation because I felt like that's what people do. They get caught. You don't want to hurt the other person as much as you say you hate them. So I think it's a panic thing. Mm-hmm. And I figured, how is she not going to really find out everything about us now? And then it just, it was a silent, all these things happened. I got a phone call from him. He was driving north to his parents' house. I think she kicked him out. She's confronting my friends in the supermarket. The children are calling me a whore. I'm getting terrible texts. Like, it got really ugly. That's exactly what happened to me. Exactly. Yeah, that's why. I think that's why, you know, your story resonated so much. And the fact that she sat her children down and showed them my picture and told them my name, I thought it was just terrible. But he said that to me when I first met him. He said, if she ever found out, she'll tell my kids and they'll hate me. And she did exactly that. Mm-hmm. Of course, we were both doing it. But I was a little relieved that I didn't get us caught. Maybe he subconsciously wanted to get caught. Yes. And that did come out over all the months that we were going through this. And he said, I was hoping she would just leave me. Mm-hmm. But she didn't want anyone else to have him. Mm-hmm. We spoke while he was away crying, this, I don't know what to do. She was so terrible that I hurt her, which I, I totally understood. But no way I can walk away from you. So I was just scared, but I didn't think that was going to be it. And then oh no, he, he came back from where he was, and on the way back, we met for like a few hours. Because he said, she said I could come home and see my kid's game. And we met in a hotel for two hours before he went home. And crying and the whole thing, really, like, it's so intense. And he just said, we can do this. We don't have to say goodbye. But I felt like at that point, I, I might say goodbye to you because you're basically telling me you're not going to leave. So Right. You're not manning up. It's so unsure. It's, it was so, I mean, this was in May of last year, mm-hmm. a year ago, almost. <laughs> and then I get an email a couple of days later that says, I broke my heart when I left you and it broke my heart when I walked into my front door. And I just, I can't do this. I have to work on my marriage. I can't just my kids. No, I always love you. And I swear, Rob, I felt like someone died. I couldn't move. I'd never been that crushed, ever. I, I, I mean, get it. Like, ah, oh, terrible. I can't. And uh, I, this is what I was I, afraid of. This this is the part of the conversation that I was scared of. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not kidding you. I'm, I'm kind of shaken. I immediately wrote back, which is not like, I'm not impulsive in that way when I speak. I just said, how can that happen? Please rethink it. And then 3 o'clock that morning, I wrote another email, and I said, sorry that I did that. I said, I, you know, I respect you, and I love you, and good luck, and I get it. And I was okay with it. I mean, I felt like that was it, right? I had to just get over it. And then three days later, I got, I can't say goodbye to you. When can I see you? And just, like, pulled me right back. Yep. And I was so happy and relieved, but then I was also like, ugh. How long is this going to happen? Right. You know, How much control can one person have over us? Right. And again, my whole thing was, what is going on in that house? And interestingly enough, the, the, the friend that, that his wife reached out to was speaking to her. And so she was telling me, I found out that he said it meant nothing. Everything he had with me, he wanted with her. And I was, that started to hurt. Yeah. And then my friend said to me, I'm actually pissed off because that woman is a friend of mine and I don't like that he's doing that to both of you. I said, well, you can do whatever you want with the information. And she said to this woman, I think they were really in love, which blew it up over there. But if I let that happen, I wasn't going to say we weren't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I also felt like I, I didn't say to him, whether or not you ever see me again, use what happened to fix your own life. Why don't you own it and, and preserve some dignity and say, 
I did this and it was wrong, but I did it because of this. Mm-hmm. So fix your own marriage. At least, at least use it to your advantage. Don't just like eat shit and, and take it and apologize. Right. Like, that's always how I felt. Agreed. But he's not strong enough, I suppose. And then kind of just, we communicated and he would go back and forth. And I just kind of was believing it was over. And then in July, he said, look, I can't stop thinking about you. And she sees it in me. And I realized I, I don't love her. I just so felt so bad that I hurt her. And I don't want to be with her. And I'm going to move up to um, Vermont, where his parents live, for a month to sort it out. Will you meet me? I'm going to get you, a, like, a VRBO, and, I, and you're going to stay there. I'm going to meet my parents, and we're going to be together. Because well, all I want to do is see you and be with you. And I, what do I do? You went. Totally, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> like, just ran up there. Now I think maybe this is going to happen, right? Yeah. And I, so I go up there. And it's amazing. Craig would talk a lot about everything. And, he, you know, he's really kind of torn. And she, I think there was a lot of therapy going on with the phone and everything. I remember, you know, looking at him and saying, you know, you're going to leave me? Like, and he said, no, I can't. I know where I want to do. I know who I want to be with. I just have to know how to do it. And I'm not leaving you. And so I leave. I have to come back because my trial is in two weeks. I'm preparing to represent myself at the door. So I leave. And he's still up there. And we're communicating. And he says to me on a Thursday, I can't talk for a couple of days because she's coming up to bring the kids. And I just thought to myself, here we go good. again. But, you know, I'm having faith in this four days we spent together and the fact that this guy knows what he's done to me. And, you know, I said, you know, if you go back home, I can't be with you. So you got to just do what you're going to do. So I don't hear from him for five days. And I'm, wow. you know losing my mind and then I get an email and he says I'm back I'm back in town I, I said did you move into your house and he said yes in a different bedroom and I said I just can't I can't wow you know do that but I wrote you a letter let me explain why and then I get the letter and it, I got it you know he, he she's not well like mentally I didn't realize that she was on medicine a lot of stuff about her came out and she was scared for kids and He's afraid to leave, and was they going to get hurt, and was it his fault, and did he owe it to her, and he's dealing with his whole, his own thing, I, 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 right? Oh, my God, it's like copy and paste. Yes, I told my mother, and I showed her the letter, and the first thing she said was, this is beautiful, but it's all about him. Right. It's true. I was, everything was dictated by their family, and that was the whole thing with the other woman. There's three people in it, three real stories, and you just... That's right. That third person is so insignificant. Cast away. Yes. And, 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 and look, I feel like, and I don't want to point any fingers. I mean, she had a hand in it. He did. We all did. But I think the same amount of sympathy, you know, given to each person in, some way, in a way. I remember my names being all over town. I'm like, my mailbox is smashed. You know, I had to tell my ex-husband it's uncomfortable because we're in the same house. Right. I lose my job. I mean, it's all that job, I'm, I'm erased from that job mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, since then, I still talk to him. I've seen him five or six times in the park, in the car, like, so we can be together. I mean, we've spoken on the phone. And why do you allow that? Why are you still allowing this to happen to you? Hold and- on. I shouldn't even say that. Because <laughs> if I had the opportunity... I would probably be as big an imbecile as you are right now. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I would. But, but the difference is, I have opened myself up, and I I've started seeing someone who's so different and who's so healthy mentally, and I, I really like him. And and does it feel the same way? Like no, but it's really wonderful, and it's pulling me away. And I haven't seen John since or stuff with him since I did with this other guy. It's just the conversation and the emails. I don't know. Maybe it's just kind of like a slow close yeah. to it. Wow. Well, I can say for for those that didn't hear my podcast, I mean, pretty much everything that Catherine has said happened on my end, too, where his family really put me to the stake. I mean, I was the witch. I was the oh, bitch. I was the C word. I was the Antichrist. <laughs> I was any negative thing you could think of was me. And he was hearing it all the time. 
and and living with me at the same time and hiring an attorney. He paid $7,000, for God's sake, just to have an attorney. And then a month or so later, boom, you know, his kids were getting married. He was involved in the weddings. They didn't want to have anything really to do with him. I was the outcast. I mean, I would never, I told him from the beginning, I would never go to their weddings. I would never expect to be invited, but still feeling like that outcast, like you're right. describing, is a horrible feeling. No, it's just, it's a feeling of desperation at times because you want so badly to do the right thing by everybody. Right. Because I didn't set out to be uh, somebody that no. ruined everybody's life. We didn't ruin everybody's life. That whole family, at least in my situation, was already pretty messed up. Dysfunctional. In their life. Well, that's the thing he used to say to me, too, was his wife isn't well. She ridicules him. He doesn't feel like a man when he's at home. Oh, but yeah. when he's with me, I mean, he feels like he's the king. Because, and I liked to have somebody that, that was strong and, and could yeah. tell me what to do yeah. on occasion. Because yeah. when you're strong yeah. women, you need somebody that can tell you yeah. what to do or else you'll walk all over them. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly the same thing. And, yeah. And, but the difference was he was there with you. First of all, she still has no idea that it was three years long. She doesn't think I was ever in their house. You know, details are, I'm just afraid there's details that are maybe come out. And I don't think he's, he still never went to, the, went to that for me, ever. I don't think he, he let me be that way. I mean, he kind of allowed them to do that. I think he just thought it was easier to sit there. And the dust would settle, but it just hasn't. Let me tell you one of the most crucial moments. And this was after he moved in and lived with me. It was like the happiest time of my life. Although I think I've convinced myself that it was because he made me nervous, mm -hmm. too. Towards the end, I was starting to feel encroached upon because I was seeing things that, that, right. I, that scared me because I, I was going to marry him. You know, but you he was things like a regular relationship things like, yeah, not... like, hold on, like he was controlling. And mm -hmm. if it wasn't his way, he would belittle me, you know, in front mm -hmm. of my children when they'd come to town, he would laugh at something I'd say and he'd correct <gasps> it, even if he was wrong. It started to wear on me. By the time mm -hmm. he moved out, I was devastated because it was the only life I knew. Now, think about this. I lived here in Dallas, Texas. He was the only person really that I had a connection with in the whole six years I lived here. So he was my best friend. He was my lover. He was my soon-to-be supposed husband. And the man that, that I had been sneaking around with and living with at the end for all of those years. And in one moment, it all disappeared. Everything. And I had cancer. <laughs> Let me just put the icing on the cake here. I, I read that. The little cherry on top. Which, oh. And he left the day I was going for my fourth chemo round, second time around. And he has the nerve to say to me, well, you know, I feel bad about this. And I just, I just sat down on the floor and I just remember one of the things that hurt the most. There were two things. One was I feel like I lost my dignity. I actually helped him carry his clothes to the car to pack, to leave with tears and begging him to stay. I lost all dignity. That was not who I am. And the second thing that really was that nail that just closed the coffin is months later, he got in touch with me and he says, I need to see you. I just don't know how to live without you. And can we talk? And I said to him, come over. And that's the time he came to my house. Right. We, we talked. We had sex. It was the greatest. That sex, I don't know how you compete against that kind of sex and it's not just him and it's not just your guy it's the combination the chemistry between the two of mm -hmm. you and so while we're finishing up and I'm about to take a bath and this is for those that don't know the doorbell rang I was expecting someone to come who's picking me up to play racquetball and I'm running the bath and he says you know someone's ringing your bell and I said well he's early he looks at his watch and he says fuck me it's my wife Oh my God. So the feeling that I had when he said that, at first I was confused, but then I understood that she was at my door. The first feeling that I had was, oh my God, this is what I had wanted forever was for him to get caught. But at that moment, I was devastated because I wasn't sure I wanted him. 
<laughs> and I didn't know what to do. He says, I'm going to sneak out the back. I said, that's ridiculous. You don't think she's going to hear the garage door open? She's sitting there banging on the door and ringing the bell. I said, go answer the door. And I really didn't know what I wanted. I was nervous. I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't figure out how to put my bra on. You know, I was like my hands were shaking. And here was the second nail. I hear them bickering in the living room. And I'm standing there naked in my bedroom because I can't figure out what to do. And they're yelling at each other. And the next thing I hear is her yelling for me, Robin, you're not woman enough to come out here and discuss this. You know, that's all I needed to snap myself out of the days and whatever I was in. I grabbed a little robe, like a short robe. I put it on because I heard her heels coming towards my room. <sighs> and, and I walked around the other way, got to the front, and there he is. And he is telling her that he never did anything. I called him because I was depressed. I just wanted to talk. We had no sex. And he's telling her over and over again and holding onto her arms in front of the woman he just had sex with that he just told he could never live his life without. Now, I heard this and saw it with my own eyes. And she looks at me and I looked at him and I said, when are you ever going to tell the truth? And she looks at him. I said, you got to understand, we just had sex, not once, but twice. And she looks at him and hits him on the chest and walks out of the house. And his shirt's covered in sweat and perspiration. And he's like a mess. And I'm shaking my head because now I know this guy was never going to leave her for me. All those years he'd been lying about leaving. He was not lying about loving me, but he wanted the best of both worlds. And I saw it. I mean, I didn't have to hear somebody else tell me. I saw it. She took him back. This is the third time she took him back. Third time he got caught with me. She had a GPS on his car. You know, how stupid could he be? But how stupid could she be? It took her two hours to get there. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. <laughs> that's the thing. Those marriages will never work out. And no. when you said that, because that's, do I need that to happen to me too to really see it? Because I'm still in that little bit of. You're in a pocket I'm of still... denial. Yeah, I'm still in it, but I'm, you know, I'm not fully divorced yet. I, my, my life's going to change. You know, i really free. I mean, and also it's extremely unattractive, these men that are just like on this leash. It's, and it's like you said, huh. if he knocked on my door right now and said, I'm, I'm out, I love you, would I let him in? Of course, but my life would be a nightmare. Those kids would hate me. She would make it crazy. It, it would, yes. I think it could never really be unless it was another affair. I don't think it could exist in the real world. I agree. And I don't know how that family does exist. How are they coexisting? Like his children are older. They're both married now. They're not living at home. But I can't imagine how everybody looks at each other without having that bad taste in their mouths. Well, you know, what's terrible is this woman made these kids like his wardens. I and mean, he's not, he doesn't go anywhere alone. There's a videotape in his home office. His older daughter didn't even return to college. She's home, like, watching him. She stopped working. I mean, he's, how long can you live like that? It's not fair. And Could you imagine? I couldn't live no. like that. And who wants to do that? This, why doesn't she go out and meet someone that actually wants to be with her? Exactly. But again, what is he telling her? But if he was telling her he was in love with her and she believed it, she probably wouldn't need to watch him all the time. Which drives me the most crazy. I don't know what's going on over there, and I hate thinking about it because I'll never know. One of the worst things about being the other woman, you have no idea what's going on with them in their house. I'm sure whatever you're told is half truth or not true. And here's another bad part. If, God forbid, it did work out where you wound up with him, now you become the wife and there might always be that thought in your mind that there's another other woman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know what he would always say to me? I would be worried all the time because who would be the other man? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to wrap this up but i do want to say to you it's been since not this february but the february before that that happened to me somewhat in the same timeline as you and mm -hmm. it took me forever i would go on dates like i mentioned i just couldn't see anybody seriously even after he was gone even after he got caught with his wife coming here i just couldn't take anyone seriously 
I did mm. sleep with a couple people because I, I just felt maybe if I find somebody that's appealing to me in bed, it'll take my mind right. off of this other person. I couldn't that's do it. I just, <laughs> you know, I kept looking for people that were built like him. You know, <laughs> yeah. All this ridiculous nonsense that you do to survive. Mm-hmm. And then I met somebody just recently. Finally, and now I'm looking back and I'm realizing it's not all these guys that I was dating that had issues, although a lot of them did, but I too had an issue. I couldn't let those walls down. It's like I had to start taking the bricks down one by one. And I Mm -hmm. finally, finally met someone that at least has captured my attention. And he's a good guy. He has no baggage. He's not what I was looking for which is the crazy part. We spend so much time looking for a copycat of what we had. And then we realize that's not what we wanted. So here I am. I'm dating a guy who's a really nice person. No similarities in religion. No similarities in political beliefs. (laughs) But we don't talk about either one of those things. Sex, you know, we're getting there. It's new. It's fun. We go out. And and I'm happy. It's the first time in since that February, a long time ago, that I can actually say I'm happy. And if he turns out not to be the right guy, I don't care. Because right yeah, now, yeah. I'm happy. That's good. And that's that's what we all want to do, right? And it's it's like I said before, I think there's a thousand right people out there for everyone. It's just whether or not you meet them all or how many. And it could be or you let them in. Another one of yours. Anyone that makes you happy has got to be someone you were meant to be with. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how yeah, long. Yeah, no, we have to give a part two. Right. Story. <laughs> well, I just, I'm so happy that we finally talked. I mean, I had much angst about this conversation. I had tears in my eyes a couple <laughs> days ago. That's exactly yeah. the reason why yeah. it was hard to get in touch for me, too. Yeah. At one point, you did say... I don't know if I'm ready to have this conversation yet. Yeah. I understood that. And over the last week, I've had moments where I've thought to myself, man, I mean, I think I should call her and just call this off because I'm just now starting to feel strength and I'm feeling good about myself again. And I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to relive it. And I thought I was going to cry during this conversation, but I tell <laughs> you, I feel stronger. And yeah, I, it's the thing. I think it, it, it fortifies you because you got through it. And for me, the thing that really made me, I mean, survive, not crawl under my bed for a week, was was my friends, most of my women friends, but that I could talk about it with, even if I was crying and devastated. Because you own it and you can, I don't know, I think every conversation makes you see it more healing. Yes, and a little more transparent. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I feel uh, better, too. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, there you have it, folks. Another other woman and the other woman saying, we survived. It's been real. (laughs) Thanks, Robin. Oh, thank you so much. I really, it was a wonderful conversation to have. And I hope that you get past it so that uh, you can stop seeing him once and for all. And even more importantly, I pray to God this recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Because I don't know if I could live through it twice. Thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Let's stay in touch. Absolutely. Okay. Bye-bye, honey. It's Robin Marshall with quite a story, (laughs) quite a chapter, lasted about an hour. I'm glad that Catherine and I finally were able to talk, lift each other up, and make each other realize and hope that, that you gained some insight from this too. Being with another woman's husband is really not the way to go. Unless he is getting divorced. And man, make him take a lie detector test. Make sure you know that he's really leaving. I don't know. Everybody makes their mistakes. And like I said to her, there's nothing we can say to you if you're in that boat to change what you're doing. Except maybe you can pick up something. Some little spark from something that was said in this conversation that might help you to be able to see clearly or break through. I'll tell you one more thing that I gained from this conversation. Where I said earlier, 
if that married man of mine were to show up at my house, ring my bell, call me, and tell me he missed me, I said earlier that I would open the door. Well, the more I spoke with her and the more I heard what she said, it was like looking in the mirror. And the self-degradation isn't worth it. I don't think he was the right man in the first place. And it took this conversation for me to identify that and feel a little bit more sure-footed about that. So no, if he calls me, hey, I've moved on. I've met somebody. And like I said, I don't know if it's the right man. But right now, he is. And why would I jeopardize that? For somebody that caused me such angst and aggravation. And really, as Catherine said, it was all about him. Me, 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 me. I can see it. It's more clear in my head after having this conversation. I guess having a girlfriend that's been through something you've been through really does help. No one can tell us what to do while we're in the middle of it. But it sure is good to compare notes and just make sure we did do the right things and not for the wrong reasons. There. Make sure you check out my website, sugarmom.net. Anytime you'd like to call, just email me, robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. Or you can leave a note right here on iTunes because I do look and I do respond. I am always the type of woman that looks forward to talking with someone like you. So don't ever hesitate. Call me. Email me. I'll put you on the air. You don't have to use your real name, as I always say. You can remain anonymous. But if you've got something really important you want to talk about, where's a better place to do it? I will talk to you next week. As always, I appreciate you and thank you for listening. It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom.